And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I am your host, Raider Hart, and you, you guys are tuned into the Raiders Steelers post game rap show uh, day late because of the holidays, guys. We hope everybody out there in Raider Nation had a great holiday, a Merry Christmas, got to see the friends, the family, all that great stuff. But unfortunately, the Raiders did not add to the Christmas cheer. Turning in another pathetic, lifeless, heartless performance and continuing to show almost a supernatural ability, guys, to be consistently inconsistent. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to get into another power outage by the Raiders offense in this game. Man, the injury, the injury bug hits the Raiders hard, hard in this game. And in the second segment, guys, you're going to want to tune in. You know, the Derek Carr stuff, guys, it's the 500-pound, 5,000-pound elephant in the middle of the room. We can't go anywhere without talking about that. We're going to have a whole segment. The whole second segment today is going to be devoted to some pretty major Derek Carr uh, rumors, statements, whole lot of meat, whole lot of steak to chew on there, and we're going to get into all of that. But first... As always, guys, just want to let you know, just want to remind you all where to find us. You can find us on social media is a great place to find us. Raider Twitter is always lit uh, this time of year, really all year it is. And you can find us there at silver underscore hack. You can get us on Facebook as well uh, if you want to submit questions. Either platform works really well for that. Ask Raspy will be coming up later on this week, so there's still time to submit. And uh, guys, also, we're asking a favor of everybody out there, all of Raider Nation. Help us continue to grow and spread the word. Tell your friends, coworkers, anybody that you know in your life that's a Raider fan that would really, uh, really enjoy consuming Raider content like we put out. Tell them where to find us. You know, tell them that wherever you currently get your podcast, you can get the Silver and Black Hack podcast there as well. Make sure to subscribe, download, uh, you know, every episode, whatnot. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, guys. And most importantly, when you do all that, keep your notifications on so you don't miss out on all of the action here. And speaking of action, it's time to bring in the action hero of this podcast. We're talking, of course, Raspy Raider. Hope you had a great holiday, my dude. Um, all the good stuff with the friends, the family, whatnot. I know that you uh, you killed the presents, the gifts, you and your wife, everything else. But, man, how disappointing was it that the Raiders put in such an uninspiring performance, such a dud on Christmas Eve? Obviously, there's a lot bigger things in football out there, Raspy, with the holidays, family, and, and, and all that kind of good stuff. But, man, they really did try to do their best to throw a wet blanket on all the holiday festivities. There definitely is when it comes down to stuff being way more important, you know, than a game we like to watch. But this game we like to watch is 
kind of instilled in us since we were little kids. You know, it, you kind of go back to seeing your little kids just enjoy Christmas and all that comes with it and the excitement and, you know, and all that innocence, man. That was, this was why, you know, young boys and even, you know, a lot of young girls love this game, man. I mean, it's something that was instilled in us when we were little. So, as much as, yes, there's so much more important stuff in this world, man, we still, in Raider Nation as a whole, man, hold this stuff in pretty high regard. And, and we love this game. So, yeah, to watch another just lackluster performance, find another way to lose a game we should have won, it does. It, it does suck the life out of you. I mean, Christmas Eve sucked as far as football was concerned. Now, you know, good Lord above has blessed us with an availability to be push that stuff aside and have an awesome time with your family, which we did. But yeah, they uh, they sure sucked the life out of me there for a minute. But at the same time, man, I have learned over these last 20 years of the Raiders and, you know, for a good chunk, even before that run in the early 2000s where to let this stuff get to you too much, man, you're going to be a miserable person because <laughs> it is just not good. They'll have you in a straitjacket. Yeah, I guarantee you. You're going nuts, man. So absolutely, I've gotten better as I've gotten older and uh, not letting this stuff completely rearrange my whole thought process, you know, because believe me, my friends, family have seen me go into a ball after these games and want to just be left the hell alone after watching just gut-wrenching loss after gut-wrenching loss. So I've, I've gotten better at it, but it doesn't change the fact that it still hurts, man, and it sucks. And, then, and, it, and an opportunity to still be in this thing after all the nonsense that we have put out there on the field in the last, you know, six, eight weeks, it's frustrating to say the least. The Raiders haven't earned it. The Raiders have not earned the right. I, I get that they're still technically somehow, somehow, some way, this team is still technically in the hunt. Well, the rest of the AFC has, has yet to run away and hide. But let's just be real. You know, with the Chargers victory on Monday night, yeah. the list of different things that has to happen for the Raiders to get in looks like, you know, a quantum you know, quantum physics equation or something. I mean, it's just like you'd have to bring in a you'd have to bring in a team of of experts from major from the ten leading universities to break down exactly what the Raiders would have to do mathematically to get into this thing. And they don't deserve it. They don't deserve the postseason. You don't deserve just like we talked about, I think it was last week's show, Raspy, you don't deserve the Rays if you didn't if you if you're clocking out at lunch and not and not finishing your work days. Without Absolutely. without authorization, you just don't you just don't deserve it. We're gonna cut the post game analysis short in this episode, guys, and and that's for very you know obvious reasons. I think it was the same game. It's the same thing. It's Groundhog's Day. If we break this game down, you really could just turn on any of the last two or three shows or any of the any of the losses. It's the it's been the script has been eerily similar. Raiders start fast on offense, score first, get out to – this wasn't a, a insurmountable lead, you know, or anything like that. I think they were up 10 to nothing at one point. But the bottom line is, Raspy, they, they start quick. 
McDaniel scripts are obviously his post game or his pregame, his, uh, you know, first 15 play script is obviously on point. But then after that, they get a lead. Then they then they turn belly up. They go into the fetal position, raspy, and then they hold on for some miracle or somebody else to come out of the woodwork. Something, some ref to make a call or something to come out of the woodworks and save them. It happened. No points in the second half. <sighs> well, what that's what pisses me off. Draft? That's the, that's that's what pisses me off the most. Is it's like, man, you start off these games. And you build these leads. And like you said, nothing's insurmountable when you're playing the Raiders because it doesn't matter how much we go up by. It doesn't seem to matter. It could be 17. It could be 20. It doesn't matter. So 10 point is like, ah, that's small potatoes. So I do not understand that. I do not understand the fact that not only the coach being able to figure what you're going to do after the first scripted 15, 20, whatever the hell it might be, man, run it back again. If it's working and you march on a 70 plus yard drive, 70 drive, whatever the hell it was to go down there and take the lead, then why do you go away from what you're trying to do, what you did to get to, I just, I've said it before, these adjustments to the adjustments that haven't been adjusted to yet. Meaning like you're adjusting at halftime to, that hasn't stopped your offense. It, it makes zero sense to me. I will never get it, and I don't think anybody will out here in Raider Nation, nor in the football world. This is the kind of stuff that we do. But I also think that a lot of this boils down to the quarterback you have. You're giving this guy so much power to do so much, man. In the last three weeks, he scored six points in the second half of these six quarters in these three games. I mean, you had and we're going to... Josh Jacobs said it, man. We have to help them out. The defense, he's tired of it, too. He's tired of hearing that nonsense. The defense cannot be badgered or hammered on this. They did their job. Just go score something. Showing a semblance of an offense in the second half, even if you're just taking time off the board and not getting points. Fact is, as we turn around and just throw three and out, freaking going out of style, and our defense plays three, you know, three, four, seven-eighths of the second half. What do you expect? You know, I've heard a lot of card fans and defenders who I've been, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. I'm starting to – not starting to. I, I'm ready to – well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that in the second in the second uh, segment there. I want to make sure to, you know, save that for that. But, you know, the bottom line is people said that they wanted a defense, that the defense was the thing. Well, the defense has given up 17 points a game – or actually a little bit less than that now after these results, less than 17 points per game over the last month, and we've we, we've been losing, you know, the majority of these games. The last two weeks, we, right, and then the last two weeks, you're right. And really, the Patriots game, if it wasn't for the Holy Roller 2.0 with Chandler Jones, who, by the way, suffered a looks like a season-ending injury in this game, and Denzel Perriman... The Raiders said today he's going to be shut down after – I think we all knew that with the pain that he was obviously in walking off, holding that arm. Looks like he's going to be shut down. So the defense has taken a couple significant hits there. It doesn't matter at this point in the season. But I said this in the past, and I feel stupid too, guys. So I'm not picking on anybody that we – you know, those of us in Raider Nation that, that have defended Derek Carr in the past, I'm with you. So I kind of feel like I can speak on this because it's easier to, to criticize when you're – 
criticizing yourself as part of the group. Look, I said, give him a defense. These numbers aren't panning out. He's consistently playing down to the energy of the other quarterback. And the other thing too, Raspy, is I've said this too, that even at times when the defense was holding other teams down, the excuse then became, well, that's great that they only gave up less than 20, but how many turnovers did they cause? Well, this game they created turnovers, and then we turned it right back over. So the defense is doing all the things that we've said and it's just it's piling up where just none of that is seeming to matter to the bottom line whatsoever. What raspy? Let me just ask you this, man. We talk about these. It kind of makes me angry when whenever we talk about. I, I always end this every episode with "Just Win, Baby." It's the greatest slogan in all of history of sports, in my opinion. But it kind of it kind of angers me at some at some points too when I when I have to you know when I say that I love the saying but we're not living up to that right now and and, and Raspy I just have to ask you man what the hell happened to pride and poise bro with these leads like isn't that one of the other sayings the slogans at this organization that the great late great Al Davis coined decades ago pride and poise just win baby what the hell happened to that well it's been pretty much thrown out the window because that's another thing too when you think about it it is so hard to create a big time lead in this nfl right now because every team is so explosive and, and just the talent and athleticism that you see across the board for all teams so you've you've been able to kind of supersede that and still throw out big leads out there which teams would just beg to be able to have and that's usually that's that's how the game used to be played no matter how it looked, you go out, you put up, you get a big, and you stop the other team, and you you make them one-dimensional. Well, it seems like as soon as we do that, the wheels fall off. So, I mean, it's it's putrid, man. It's pathetic, and I could think of an, 10 other words of what to call it, but I the pride and poise is the two Ps that aren't there right now, man. Putrid, pathetic. You know, yeah, those two P's punk. are there. But the yeah, punk, you know, punked, whatever you want to call it, you know, piss it down your leg, piss poor, whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah, we have all the we have all the you know mantras out there, but not the two that we need. And it's pride and poise when you pull off a first half where you can put a team on the ropes and somehow find a way to just punk it down. and here we are man i mean i think we're now what four three or four out of eight or nine in one possession games where we've had leads and you know four or five of those and significant leads as well it, it's a joke man and to let a rookie quarterback of all you know be the guy that's gonna make he's gonna outplay your you know quarter billion dollar quarterback a rookie and not a good either who nobody thought was even going to make it in the first round. He did. I mean, that's another thing. Like, that's not even on the defense. That should be on the offense. It's like, hey, man, we got a better. There should be no, no issue. No, you no. let a rookie and a lousy one at that punk you out. Find a way. Because you can't. Anything. You know, it's it's just it's I keep saying this, Raspy, but it's just eerie. It's it's wild to me how similar 
all these games are because the last th- three losses that we have, we didn't score. We scored three, I think, three or less in every one of those losses in the second half. And Devontae Adams, the last three games, has been held under under 40 yards receiving. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Teams have figured out that they can load the box to slow down Jacobs and figure out some way to, to, to double-team Devontae Adams. You know, it, it's – we're going to – again, we're going to talk about Derek Carr. What was that? Uh, did, does anybody think that, that Devontae Adams wasn't done along with only guys I just had? I mean, come on, man. He's been doubled as a matter at least for the last six, seven, eight. Two, it's the ability of your quarterback to put the ball on the guy who you like paid $151 million for. So that right there – Let's just say Devontae has seen double teams for a long time. Well, he complained about that. I think it was after the – was it after the Cardinals game? One of those games, maybe not the Cardinals game, but it, it, it was earlier, much earlier in the season when the Raiders started off so slow. And it was one of those games where they lost and he wasn't – same script. that We blew a second-half lead. Maybe it was the Cardinals game and he didn't get – many if any touches during that stretch because that's always part of the formula where they blow those leads is him not getting the ball but maybe once or twice at most in those second halves he said to the media after the after that game if if you guys brought me here and you're gonna say well he Devontae is double team so we need to go somewhere else I don't know why you brought me here he said that already and this is weeks ago and he certainly hasn't he certainly doesn't feel better about that today than he did when he said that weeks ago I can promise you that and he so doesn't care this about thing the is not. Team. He doesn't care about the double team. Double team, and he doesn't that's care. That's what he's saying. He'll, he'll that's what that he's team. saying. He'll that's what he's saying. He said, if, "If you're going to avoid me because I'm double teamed, I'm not sure why you brought me here." That's exactly what he said. I so he's expected to be double. Aaron Rodgers. Yep, Aaron Rodgers is slowly turning it around a little bit. To, yeah, a guy who wasn't afraid to throw it to me if I was triple teamed. I left for this. Yeah, it's bad. You know, again, we're going to get into Derek Carr in the second segment um, pretty much exclusively. We're going to just kind of get over all the, the details of the game quickly in this first segment here. But I, one thing I will say, though, is that for me, I've defended this guy for all nine years, the ups, the downs, the everything in between, the wild craziness around him, all that different stuff. But this whole blowing leads and playing a certain way with the lead, everybody wants to blame Josh McDaniels, who I have more problems with today than I have in the past. I still don't want him fired, but I do have some issues with him as the season has gone on. But the problem is, guys, he Derek Carr had the same. I remember how many times did you listen to episodes that we did last year or the year in previous years where we were talking about we, we were putting all this on Gruden not being aggressive with the lead. So uh, there's some part of Derek Carr. I'm not saying that coaching isn't playing any. Raspy, you talk about the fact that why does McDaniels go away from what was working with the lead? I mean, unless every coach just comes to the Raiders and, and starts doing it that way, it's, it's almost like maybe does Derek Carr just play overly cautious with the lead? Does he, is he afraid to make mistakes when his ball club has a lead? Does he play timid when his ball club has a lead? I think it's fair to ask that question. And I think he does. And I think that's when you play scared, bad things happen, man. They just do. It's just like when you're trying to go out there and play to not get hurt 
you're probably most likely going to get hurt. You know, just play the game the way you game must be played. So if you're going to go out there to play and not to lose, well, you're probably going to find out that you're going to lose some games playing it that way. What do they call the defense, the prevent defense that prevents you from winning? That's the kind of you stuff that happens. Man, if you start, if you start to play, if you start to play not to lose, you start playing outside. Because here's the thing, Raspy, with this whole, you know, McDaniels is at fault for these second, these blown second half leads. I, I like to think logically with this. Raspy, does it make any sense to you that a coach like Josh McDaniels, with his history as a head coach, knowing that he doesn't have the same kind of leeway that a first-time head coach or a coach that had some more success, he has baggage with what happened with Denver that other coaches don't have. Does it make any sense to you that Josh McDaniels would just continue to blow these games in the second half where he's calling the game differently in the second half where he's now going to lose another game where it's like, okay, we have a lead, so now I'm going to do exactly – I'm going to call plays like like I've been doing that's been costing us games early in the season. I'm going to go back to that again, yet again. I just have a hard time believing that Josh McDaniels is the one that's blowing these games with, with changing the game plan, changing the play calling, and is and knows that and is continuing to do the same thing again versus to where – Maybe there's something else that's more co- complicated in that going on. Does that make any sense to you that Josh McDaniels would just say, let me go back to the same game plan that's got us our ninth and tenth loss? No. And blowing it, makes zero, it makes zero sense. It makes absolutely zero sense. And I don't think that's what's going on. I really don't. It could be what you said where – Teams are adjusting to what we're doing well, and then he doesn't have the counter to the counter. That could be it. But I just have a hard time believing that Josh McDaniels is like, okay, we've got that lead again, so let me go back to that Arizona Cardinals second-half script that we got shut out or the you yeah. know the one that's had it shut out and all these losses. Let me do the same thing that, that got us all these blown leads again. I'm going to do it again. I just don't think that's what it is. I don't either. I really don't. I absolutely don't, and I don't think he's going to be hitching that wagon to Derek Carr. We're just, you know, I'm going to blame it on Derek Carr and I'll survive. I don't – he knows better than that because you cannot do that. Track record has been in the past. So I I definitely don't think that's it. He said it himself in the press conference after his loss against Pittsburgh. That he saw some, he saw some open looks. He he's not getting the production offensively that that he's expecting. I mean, Carr said it himself that he was throwing ball. He he threw a couple high. He, and he, he in bad place. Come on, man. Come on, man. What are we talking about? I don't know, man. I don't. It's well. What we're talking about is the same thing, seemingly every week. That the same, yep. the same events unfold this exact same way. And the fact that we get these leads on teams says that we do have the talent because a bad team wouldn't get that many leads in the NFL. No. Early leads, no. especially double digit leads. We're not talking one and three point like a field goal lead. We've blown seven or eight three-point leads. These are double-digit leads. These are double-digit deficits that we're blowing. And 
Raspy, that I'm with you that the defense has played much better, of including on Christmas Eve in recent weeks. Um, you know, some people want to say that it's it's we're you know we don't we shouldn't jump the gun too much because of some of these quarterbacks that they're playing. The bottom line is is that they're holding teams down into that range of of scoring the window that you're supposed to win games if you're holding opposing offenses in the the window the points window that, that we've been holding teams. When you hold them under 20 points, your odds of winning are supposed to go up significantly, and that's not happening. But but the one thing that I do want to say, this defense has been – it's this, and let me – again, because I know that for whatever reason when we talk Raiders football, offense versus – or defense versus Derek Carr, who's at the blame, Josh McDaniels, everything seems to get lost in translation for some reason. So let me be perfectly clear and say this again, that – you know, there's other there, there's other stuff involved here, and I, I get I get the whole thing. You know, I, I really do. But the but the bottom line is, you know, this defense is playing well enough to win. But what is going on in these last drives, man? I mean, it should have been enough. It should have easily been enough to win. Their job, their night should have been over well before this, and we're talking with the Rams as well. We're talking about a lot of these games, but I do wonder if they're able to hold these guys down, what is going on in these last drives? Is there something mental that they allow Kenny Pickett of all people to, you can't, you stop them all game. You can't just stop them this one last time and make up for this, this piss poor punk offense that we have. I, I'm in agreement with you too. I mean, and that's why the defense is not completely off the hook. And we, I'm not putting them, you know, in that category. But at the same time, man, as much as we want to say, okay, well, the defense has given up these last drives to field and Kenny Pickett. Well, if your offense could have scored any. Just a field goal in any of these games, these situations don't mean near as much. Score a touchdown in the second half, and they don't mean anything. I mean, I don't know me. I've been a defensive player. That's, you know, that's the side of the ball I played on. I I mean, yeah, that that frustrates you, man. I mean, that has to frustrate you. Busting our asses all game long. We're out here again because you guys can't seem to do anything. So, yeah, I mean, I I attribute some of that to just guys being gassed at the end of games because there's been no offensive production in the second half to allow these guys to go get some breath. I mean, I, I mean, I get it at the same time where it's like, hey, man, we're asking you to just stop one more drive. But damn, man, that's Brown and the defense can say, can, can say, hey, we just ask you to just score on one freaking drive in the second half. And none of this means anything. No, I totally that agree with you. The it's on the offense. All the acrobatics and all the nonsense, you know, effery that happened in that Rams game. None of that would have mattered if Clark could have scored more than three points in the second half. Score one more field goal. Missed one in the game. Carlson did one every now and again. You get him in position, and most likely he's going to knock it through. I put that on the offense. You have to – 
you can't unplug, man. I mean, if you unplug offense in the second half, well, yeah, you're probably going to end up having a really bad outcome. I mean, so for me, it's just being able, as much as we want to say, hey, defense, just hang tough in that last drive. Well, the defense is probably looking around saying, hey, man, can the offense score second half to where we don't feel like we have to have our backs against the wall out here for 24 of the 30 minutes in the second half? No, I, I totally agree with you that it's 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 90% on the offense. I, I agree I with you on that. I'm just I mean, wondering, you're, you're just, what is it? What? It just comes back down to us not having the the horses on defense because it's all predicated and the money's all on the offense. So you don't have playmakers, man. You know? This is the one area that I do wish – this is the one area that Max Crosby is not Cleo Mack. Everywhere else, he pretty much is. But how many times? And, he, and I'm not saying he hasn't done it because he has. But those are the those are the drives that the Von Millers, the Cleo Macks, the you know, Aaron Donalds, JJ, they come JJ up with those Watts, game ending TJ Watts, those kind of boys yep. shut down. I'm with you. They, they come up with those plays on that last drive and just end it. Because if it wasn't for Cleo Mack, we probably don't make the playoffs in 2016 either because we may have lost a lot of those last-second games where he and, you know, Reggie Nelson, even Bruce Irving, and some of those guys were making those plays at the end of the game. I don't know. We do need more, we do need more firepower on defense. And, again, for the third time, I'm putting – at least 90% of this game and some of these other these losses where this has happened, you know, it, there's a lot of people that were trying to argue us after the Rams game saying that we were, out, you know, we were out of pocket by saying that, it, you know, that it was mostly on the offense. And But those same people are quiet now because they see, too, that it's the same thing happening every week. You just can't do it. What, one last thing on the defense before we're going to take a quick break. Um, well, actually, what two quick things real quick. One of the things that I've seen a lot of people talking about after the Steelers game, Raspy, was a lot of criticism, especially from the car backers. I didn't do this, but a lot of the other ones did, talking about how we shouldn't be focused on car as much because we already knew – that it's cold, it was going to be cold and that he struggles in the cold. And that it was really on Josh McDaniels simply because we have the Leeds leading rusher and we chose to go out there and run. We Jacobs only had 15 carries and Carr had 30 passing attempts in that game. Raspy, do you, I don't put any credence into that, do you? And I'll tell no, you why. That, that's absolutely laughable. Are you kidding me, man? I get it in a sense where it's, we talked about it. It should have been a trench game. But at the same time, man, I was not a predicated was not predicated off the run game. That first drive, he was wheeling and dealing, slinging the ball, and then all of a sudden, that just went completely away. So, I'm sorry, man. Sorry, not sorry. When it comes to your quarterback, you can't have a quarterback that can't play in the cold. Do we, do we realize when Super Bowls are won? I get it. To, when the Super Bowl game is actually played, it's in a warm state. But you have to go through the cold. We play in the cold. The most important time for a football team is November, December, and January. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, you know, I, I there's that. But... I, mean, I just don't get it. It's like you can't. Okay, so because he so he's not good in the cold, so we're gonna just we're gonna he he's exempt from all blame because he's not good in the cold. What are we talking about? And even beyond that, it's like okay, so you know, we had twice as many pass attempts to rushing attempts. Do you guys have any idea of why that might have been? Josh Jacobs averaged 2.9 yards per carry, and 15 carries is not an insignificant amount of touches to, to gauge. They clearly – and the Steelers have a physical run-defending front. They had the matchup advantages with some of the injuries that we had in the interior of the offensive line. They had Hampton and some of these guys – it was one thing to say that that was the game plan coming in, but you have to be able to be flexible. The Steelers clearly made the, the decision. They knew it too. Carr's not good in the cold. Jacobs is the league's leading rusher. Do the math. We're going to load aid in the box. And if Carr has an uncharacteristically great game in the cold and he leads them past us here, then we'll have to – it's one of those tip your hat moments. Yeah. We'll have to tip our yeah. hat to Derek Carr and move on. 2.9 yards per carry. So I just want to know what you guys would have said if – Derek Carr only had 12 passing attempts and, and Josh Jacobs had 38 rushes and averaged less than three yards a carry and we yeah. lost. Yeah, he has, then they would he have been carries, carries at two point. You realize what that's going to get him? About 70 yards. I mean, what I mean, are we two, talking 15 about? Carries, 15 carries is not an insignificant sample size. They act like he only had seven or eight carries. Yeah. Five more carries, that would have been 20. You know, that's a workload for some backs, right, Rasp? Well, yeah, and we talked about, dude, do you realize that, do they have T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, Hayton, uh, Highsmith? These guys have some studs, dude. They're not a man. It's their secondary that was the most suspect thing on their defensive roster. So I don't, I don't blame his attack there, especially when you tried – to establish the run, and it wasn't getting you what you needed, you're going to have to win it another way. So that's what drives me nuts is, like, to say, oh, we just know Carr can't play in the cold. Well, then what chance do we have? You can't have a quarterback that can't play in the cold, man. I'm sorry. I don't care where he grew up. I don't care. That's an absolute joke. Absolute joke. It is a joke. I, I don't buy Joe that either. Montana, you know, Montana didn't like. Aaron Rodgers grew up in California. Where did he go? Oh yeah, so Green did Tom Bay. Brady. So did, did Tom Brady. Go? Green Bay. Tom Brady goes to New England, plays in the snow for the predominant part of the season. I mean, it's dude. I'm sorry when a guy's making two hundred fifty million dollars a year, but I don't want to hear about he can't play in the cold. That's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Yeah. It's laughable. It is. It is a joke, and you know. Your quarterback may suck in the cold, but your number one receiver does not. And, yeah. you know, McDaniels was dialing up. the. See, that's the thing. So the second half, he was dialing up passes. So that tells me again that he was not – he didn't – McDaniels didn't go into a shell with the lead this time. Nope. He threw two to one. So it was – he had to call the game the way that he had to call the game because of the game flow. And the quarterback and the passing game did not deliver. And, you know – the one last thing that just to, I know we're all over the place, but I just kind of want to put a bookend, a button on this, uh, on the, on the game and get to the Derek Carr stuff. But, uh, just to go back to the defense real quick. Sorry about going all over the place, Raspy, but no, you're all right. 
Would are you as concerned about Nate Hobbs as I am? You know, to tell you the truth, I am, man. When probably playing better games than our supposed number one, this just shows how much we miss Rock. Rock is our number one. Honest. I, I do agree with you. I don't think you're wrong in one way, any shape, any way. Nate has, has, has had moments where he's looked really good, but man, in these big moments down the stretch, he has looked pretty dicey and nice. Raspy, why do the Raiders always do this, man? Why do we? I don't. Of course, I don't follow other teams like I do the Raiders, but I follow the league enough to where I feel like I would have noticed this if 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 I'd seen this elsewhere. The way that I see it with the Raiders. What is it with the Raiders to where they finally find good talent in the draft and sometimes in later rounds, like Hobbs, you see something really special in their first year or two in a certain role, then inevitably the coaching changes, the coordinator changes happen, the new guy comes in and looks at everything that this young player did in this certain role where he was so dynamic and says, I love what he did in that role, so I'm going to have him do something else. What what is it? Why did they just leave him in the slot? Why did they move him outside? That really frustrates know. me, Raspy. Just help me with this, man. Well, and it goes, it, you know what? I'm going to tell you why. Daniels and, and Davis at that. We talked about in the in the offseason. We worried about, especially Art, and he's not wrong, worried about the transition from the single high that he played playing slot in a single high defense as opposed to being the number one, you know, in, in, in a two high slash cover two, you know, with that kind of coverage over top that it could, it's a lot, it's a lot of changeover. It's huge. So why not just keep him there? But again, I, that's why I put it on Ziegler's because I feel like we talked about cornerback depth and it was way more important to Hart and I than the O-line depth was, and we didn't address it. So here we are. And Rock both didn't love you didn't love losing Brockway in that whole trade to get was what it was. He was here. We liked that. He changed everything up, man. Merrick had regressed. You know? Nate's regressed. And it's just not. So I don't Choose to do this with guys and switch them around, do things. It was just make Jonathan Abram a you know, safety. He's not. And we look foolish. So I, I don't know why we do this stuff. You're out. Wish we'd stop. We could have just kept. Gus Bradley, but we won't even get into that. It, the, to me, the Patrick Graham, the defense has improved late in the season, but it just seems like we could have. It. Oh, Gus Bradley, happy to a game. They have no offense over there in Indianapolis. So it, that their defensive numbers are skewed, and they're still probably right around middle middle of the road as far as defense is concerned. They're way better overall than we are. I promise you that, Nation. You know, and I and you know, to 
to transition over into the Derek Carr stuff after this break, but the last thing I'll say is I've been saying just get him a defense. I've been on the defensive thing, you know, lead I was one of the leaders of that of that movement. Just get him a defense. Well, Justin Herbert's going to the playoffs with a defense. It's we're, we're, our defense is giving up 22 points per game. His is giving up 26. And he's going to the playoffs, and he's not even the only one. There's a number. Tua maybe end up in the playoffs with the worst defense. There's a number of teams. I don't there's I had a list here somewhere. There's a number of teams, four to five, they're gonna make the playoffs this season with the defense that's worse than what Derek Carr has and is on par with the defenses uh, statistically with the defenses that we've, that he's had, that we've said that no quarterback could make the playoffs with these defenses. I've said it too. And it is harder to make the, the playoffs with these defenses, but the bottom line is other organizations, other quarterbacks have been able to do it with defenses like this. And, you know, 22 points per game. I, I, we were told that just get him an above-average defense that ranks 19th, I believe, in the NFL. And, you know, it's not making any difference. So <sighs> maybe it's not about the defense. Raspy, you ready to talk some Derek Carr rumors here after a quick break, man? Yeah, let's get into it, man. I'm... I know, right? It's what everybody's talking about right now. Lots to to chew on with the Derek Carr stuff. We're going to talk about it ourselves here uh, after a quick break brought to you by Boosteroid Cloud Gaming. Introducing Boosteroid Cloud Gaming. Guys, the console wars are over. Boosteroid allows you to turn the devices that you already own your smart TV, your phone, even your laptop into a next generation video game console or the equivalent of an expensive gaming PC all for what less than what it would cost you for a single night out at the movies, guys. And we're not talking about retro games or emulation here. We're talking next gen AAA titles like Elden Ring, Call of Duty, I just actually tried out Cyberpunk 2077 on my old aging non-gaming laptop. I mean, terrible gaming setup. And I was able to easily achieve smooth 60 frames per second, 1080p resolution, guys. I was really blown away. Very, very minimal latency. I know that that's a major concern. It was hard to tell I wasn't playing on local on my local Xbox console. It was that responsive. They even tell me that 4K gaming is on the way by the end of the year. So that's going to be, you know, right around the corner there. So the technology is already super impressive and it's gaining at, you know, at a pretty quick rate. So 4K gaming for you 4K gamers out there is right around the corner and it's super easy to get started, guys. Just sign up with promo code BOOST17. That's promo code BOOST17 and just click and play. And they'll even throw in a handful of free games for you to try out right away. Really good popular games like World of Tanks and Destiny 2, just to name a few, for you to just, you know, try out right away, guys. And I guarantee you, you will be blown away. So the console wars are over. Console free gaming has arrived with Boosteroid. And make sure to sign up right away. Boosteroid Cloud Gaming, we'll catch you in the clouds. 
Welcome back, Raider Nation, to the second segment of the uh, Silver and Black Hack podcast. This is the Raiders-Steelers postgame show, sort of a hybrid. The first segment, for those that want to kind of have a quick recap of the Raiders' loss, 13-10 to 10 loss in Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve, go back to the run back the first segment there. That's where we kind of quickly went over the, uh, the outcome of that game and everything that went into that. And that sort of leads to this second segment. Normally, we, we kind of split offense and defense, but this has been a really different week here after that loss to the Steelers. Um, lots of talk, lots of talk about Derek Carr. And I get that we're used to that nation. It seems like every year, this time of year, there's rumors about they want to get rid of Derek Carr for such and such quarterback in the draft or this free agent or some trade. But I got to say that this, the rumors this time around have a have a much different flavor to them. We're back with Raspy Raider here once again to break down the five thousand pound elephant, as I like to say, in the in the middle of the room for the Raiders, the middle of Raiders headquarters there, and that's this Derek Carr situation. We all know that, or at least the people that have you know our our guests, our our listeners that have listened for some time know that. Historically, at least, Raspy's been more of in the I'll root for Derek Carr because he's a Raider, but I'm ready to move on kind of thing. The Raiders need to move on to, to you know, to, to try to improve at that position and things have kind of run its course. And I and historically, I've been more of the let's get him a defense. Look, look at these coaching changes, coordinator changes, bad drafts, bad rosters. I've been more on that side historically. Well, I've kind of turned to the dark side on this a little bit now where I, I'm, I'm more on the side of Raspy and some of the ones in the in Raider Nation that have respected Derek Carr, thank him for the job that he's done for the time that he's put in, at least with the Raiders in the past. He, I think he did want to win with the Raiders. I think he wanted to be the reason the Raiders turned it around. But Raspy, after this performance, you know – Long story short, is I, I, I'm on your side now. I think it's time. Well, man, as a Raider fan, I mean, I've always wanted to kind of root for him, and I've, I've swayed myself at times. But it's we've talked about it, Nation, going back this year. This is one of those, man, the more stuff changes, the more things stay the, stay the same. And it's frustrating as hell. I mean, here we are, you know, nine years in, almost 10 at this point. You know, he's got a losing record by a damn near 20-game margin. It seems that he's regressing. And that's what drives me the craziest is it's like, man, you cannot have a guy you know, at the age of, what is he, like 32, 33, regressing in this league. It's it's just gotten worse. The more I read into his stats and see the numbers, the sicker I get. I mean, he's had 30 touchdowns one time in his career, guys, and it was seven years ago. I mean, that that's easy for a lot of these quarterbacks nowadays. I mean, 30 touchdowns isn't anything. That used to be a big deal. We realize there's been multiple guys that touch 50-plus, 
I mean, you're talking, you know, in our division, fifty plus, and we can't get a guy to crack thirty more than one and once in nine years. It's not working, man. And at this point, I I see a guy who's just flat out regressing. I don't know how else to put it. We're gonna get into it. He has regressed this season, and you know. Yes, he's only 32, I believe. I believe you were right about that. But, look, everybody's different, man. I think we're kind of, like, spoiled because Brady has played to 45 and is just now starting to fall off that we think that every quarterback should do that or whatever. But the bottom line is, man, Brady is one of one that's been able to do I think Warren Moon is the only other guy that's approached those types of numbers, and he had a number of years on the back end. He was a great, great quarterback. For those that don't remember Warren Moon, you should Google him sometime when you're bored or whatnot. But he had a number of years as a backup on the back end of that where he was his body was saved the wear and tear. He never lost his arm. He's probably in his mid, mid to late 60s now. He could probably still rope Slip a 20-yard <laughs> out route still to this day. And, right. you know, so he Derek, long story short, Derek Carr may be physically – regressing some you know I looked at his numbers I don't have these numbers in front of me right now I should forgive me for that but his his on on target percentage his percentage of on target throws at pro football focus and some other publications chart this has regressed little by little every year since 2017 this is, includes the Gruden years where he improved in certain areas and had the highest quarterback rating that he had ever had. Now, he's always been accurate, so that was a higher mountain to fall back on, and that's probably why it hasn't been more obvious. But now he's regressed in that category to the point where it, it we just can't even – we can't overlook it anymore. And, you know, Raspy talks about the numbers are making him sick. Well, let's just start with his, his completion percentage, which, again, accuracy has been one of his hallmarks that I could look back to and and you know and point to yeah we thought as, we as could hang defense. our hats on. we thought we could hang our hats on that that was one thing that he had has shown for a significant amount of time and he was up there kind of like flirting with Drew Brees and that's what everybody looks at with Drew Brees was you know the accuracy the the completion percentage as to why a smaller guy of a smaller stature was able to still throw at that type of clip percentage wise so yes you're right. Well, and well, just how far has it slipped, though, is is the question yeah. because we know it's bad. Well, I'll tell you, he's now thirty first, Raspy. He's thirty first in completion percentage. He's second to last, and as as if that's not bad enough, it gets even worse because you know we talk about these second half struggles, the power outages, you know, the snake eyes, all, all the other stuff that we talk about where the offense just goes belly up in the second half of these games and. Everybody wants to know why. Is it McDaniels? Is he changing the game plan? Is he going away from what was work? Like, what, what is it? Well, I don't have all those answers. Josh McDaniels may not even have all those answers, but he certainly would have more than any of us or, or Derek Carr. But one thing I do know, while I may not have all the answers, Raspy, I do have one of the answers that the numbers just speak for themselves. Part of the problem in these second-half struggles is the fact that our quarterback – Mr. Derek Carr has the second worst second half completion percentage at 55%. Well, Raspy, how bad is that? Well, 
Zach Wilson's the only one that's worse. So how how much worse? You know, you're probably thinking, well, yeah, Zach Wilson's terrible, so he's way worse. He's he's the worst at fifty four point three, less than a one percent difference. Wow! And, and you take it, you take into account the lack of starts. Look, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to turn it around any more than anybody outside of his mom thinks so, but. <laughs> the bottom line is he has way less experience than our quarterback has. So the fact that he's struggling and our guy's only not even a full percentage point better than that, Raspy, just what do you even say about this lack of accuracy in the second half and just overall with their car right now? Well, and if you're barely touching, you know, less than a percentage point over uh, a guy who's what, in his second season and has shown to be lackluster and probably – borderline bust worthy at this point. I mean, that's horrible company to be in. We didn't think that with Carr. We never thought in a million years that he'd be having to be at the bottom of the league as far as completion percentage. Hell, in his last four games, Nation, averaging 55% completion percentage. Seven picks as opposed to six tutties. Man, We've been we're two and two in that stretch with two last minute, you know, wins again, you know, losses against the freaking Rams and the Steelers with a combined six or no, it was three points scored. He didn't score anything in the second half against the Steelers. So three points scored with a 55% completion percentage. I mean, it's just it's bad, man. It's just bad. It is so, so bad. I mean, he's averaging 155 yards in the last two games. Against teams, the Rams, their run game was legit. We spoke about it on the show, but their pass defense, I know they have Jalen Ramsey, but outside of that, they got nothing. And it's the same with the Steelers. Run game was legit. Pass defense was trash. 155 yards in the last two games. I mean, the guy goes for a 70-yard freaking drive off the jump and does absolutely jack squat after that, man. Six games this season where the offense has scored 20 or less. Big surprise, we lost those games, other than I think maybe one of them. And I'm also just tired of him, like, being so nonchalant in these press conferences after piss-poor performances, man. I'm just – I'm over it, man. He has one crybaby game where he cries and says how much he cares about this team. And and we're supposed to be like, oh, it's okay, Derek. We're sorry, Derek. Derek, you're making a quarter billion dollars, man. I, I'm not sorry for you. I already said I'm not, no apologies anymore. I'm not sorry for you, bro. You're good. The fact is, if we're going to pay you that kind of money, we expect a certain amount of results, and they're just not coming in on top of everything else. I mean, this game against the Steelers, just look at his game run. Look at the stats, man. What was it, 16-30, 174 yards, 5.8 per three picks, 42.2 rating. What was his QBR, Art? Two. Two, don't, a two, don't. one, a two. two, or one, two. Oh my gosh, what are we talking about? 
He gave us a 2% chance of winning that game. 2%. I get, so, I get so tired of him being like, it breaks my heart. You know what breaks my heart is the fact that this organization has wasted damn near a decade on your ass for this and has paid you the money we have for this. That's what breaks my heart, Car. I wish I could talk to this man one-on-one. I would love to. He would not like what he heard, I promise you. This is a joke, dude. He talked and about the two of those picks against Pittsburgh were inside their territory where all we had to do was just freaking hold on to the ball and we could have rolled this team. Yeah, you know, turning the ball, our defense gets the turnovers that we've been asking for this defense to get. They've been getting right more in recent weeks, giving it right back. And you, you talked about the 55% completion percentage over the last four games. I always like to give context for that because it sounds bad, but how bad is it? Well, this is how bad that is. That's the worst four-game stretch of any quarterback in the NFL since Jacoby Brissett in 2019. Oh, oh my. So it's of just course, not – Of course, Hart's going to pull out something to make it even worse because he's the analytic G. But, I mean, that, that just makes it even worse. I mean, really? Yeah, it, wow. it, it, gets, it gets worse even still, Raspy, because – Oh, no. He has a 66.8 quarterback rating in December so far. A couple – well, one more – that's it for December, actually. The the next game, I believe, is on New Year's Day. So that's that's locked in. 66.8 quarterback rating for the month of December. That's the sixth worst of any Raiders quarterback in the last 15 years. Jamarcus Russell makes multiple appearances on that list. And he's – it's just – you know, it, it just, you know, it, we talked about his completion percentage, 31st in the NFL. But, you know, so where does he rank with other key statistics? Well, he's 25th in quarterback rating at 86.3, worse since his rookie season, leading the NFL in interceptions with 14. He actually ranks 33rd in interceptions. Funny thing about that is, guys, as we all know, there's only 32, only 32 teams. teams in the league. So they could add a whole nother team right now and he would still be last. They could add an extra team that does not exist in the NFL that has never existed previously in the NFL. They could add one more and he'd still be dead last in the NFL. Dead last. Wow. And, you know. Worst rating he's had since 2017. So it's just regression upon regression, dude. It's just getting worse. So all those guys that were saying, oh, he never had any real true weapons. You got a pro bowler in Josh Jacobs. You got a pro bowler in Devontae Adams. You got other guys that know they've been hurt or whatever. But, man, you don't send guys to the pro bowl because they were decent. They make it there because they're leading the league in certain categories. I mean, if you get the best running back in the league, you know, in multiple facets. And so it's like, so just put all this talent around him and he sucks even worse? What the – what are we talking about? What the – What's going on? You know, and the thing that's crazy about that, too, is you could say, well, what about Waller and Renfro? They've been hurt. And that is true. They've been hurt. But in the in the games that they have played, and I thought they played pretty well off of the rust and everything else in those cold conditions. They were there to make plays. Waller had that nice, deep grab where he had to adjust in the middle of the field to another poorly thrown ball. Renfro had a touchdown. They both had a handful of of receptions. Renfro had a number of receptions on third down in that first half. All of Renfro's that happened, of course, in the first 
Renfro's touchdown was filth, man. I mean, it it was. But the point is, though, that even when he's had Jacobs, Adams, Waller, and Renfro healthy all in the same game, it's a smaller sample size. I think it's four or five games. But in those games, 19 points per game. So even that, there's you could say it's a small sample size, but there's also nothing within that sample size that, that suggests that it, that it was going to get better either. So, it, it, you know, there's just no – it's a trend too. As far as the quarterback rating, the decline as the year goes on, this is something that, that even I've acknowledged in the past when I was more supportive of keeping Derek Carr as the Raiders quarterback. But I can't ignore this anymore, Raspy. If you look at Derek Carr's career quarterback rating by month – it goes 95.2, 98.4 in October, where it's pristine, nice weather, 90.8 after the next month, and then here we go, 85.1 in December, 85.6, and only six January starts. He declines uh, when the weather gets bad. There's just no other way to – you just can't, side, can't sidestep this anymore, Raspy. You can't, and that's the thing that drives me the craziest, man, is because that's when you have to be able to win. I mean, let's be honest, guys. This this game doesn't even start playing and getting realistic until it starts getting chilly out, man. That's in September, you know? So if your guy continues to get lousier and less effective – as the winter comes along and as the temperature changes, that's that's no longer a fluke. That's just the way it is, man. We cannot sidestep this. As Hart said, we cannot sidestep this any longer. We cannot have a guy continue to regress every year, every time the weather starts to get cooler. Because I'm sorry, man, last time I checked, the season didn't start in January and ended in July. It's literally the opposite, and his quarterback rating, you know, is the opposite of what you would want by month. If anything, you'd want to be finishing strong, and we didn't even bring up the red zone offense, his red zone numbers. Again, oh, this year, Raspy, crash. those are bad. You know, spoiler alert, they're bad again. He's bad in the red zone again. He's only that, – that, that one year that you talk about – no, actually, it wasn't even that year, the 32 touchdowns in 2015. It actually wasn't even that year – as weird as it is, he was his only year where he was really effective and efficient in the red zone was his rookie year in 2014, which also kind of makes it seem like that was an anomaly because you do it as a rookie when you weren't good at anything else, and then when you get better at the other stuff, you were never able to to replicate your red zone efficiency from that point. Eight years on, it hasn't touched what it was his rookie season, so that's cl- clearly a. Uh, that's a problem. The Red, Raiders' red zone offense has been a problem for years. Derek Carr is the engine to that problem. And well, yeah, I, I mean, think- when you're talking about being, you know, four of nine in one possession games, red zone efficiency is correlated to that. I mean, it's it's you can't run or hide from it, man. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. If the red zone the red zone percentage goes up. Even 10, 20%, you probably win two or three more of those games and you're right in the mix. Probably almost Maybe a lot more. for the playoffs. If you had three yeah. extra, I mean, the fact that the Raiders are still holding on to 
this faint these faint hopes with all these bad losses if yeah if you give us three wins if you just erase three l's and put those three l's in the w column with this team we probably make yeah. the playoff for sure yeah you're nine and six instead of six and nine and that's where the that's where the chargers are right now they're nine and six and control their own destiny and could probably afford to lose a game they've they're they're in the chargers are have clinched with nine wins they clinched and i mean like hart said you switch those three games man you're nine and six and you're right in the mix and you're you know, you could probably afford to lose one. So this is the kind of stuff we're nation. It's frustrating as hell. I get it. I know the thought of like trying to rebuild and get a new quarterback is just, I mean, it sucks. I mean, there's no other way to put it. But you have to do it though, right? I mean, because here's the thing, the Chargers are – Nine wins is enough for them to get in. They they clinched, you know, on Monday night. Nine wins may have been enough for this Raiders team just with those three wins that we just talked about. That may have been enough. Yep, I think it would have been. I mean, they could probably literally go on cruise control and lose the next game or two. It wouldn't even matter. You said they already clinched? The Chargers are in with nine wins. Oh, please. Yep, they they clinch with. By the way, with the with the a defense that's giving up the type of points that I always said Derek Carr could just really couldn't be blamed for not getting us there. Twenty six a game, twenty six, and Herbert clocked his ticket there. Wow! You know? And this has been a season where Herbert has not played his best football, and he's he still found a way. He's not played his best football, but it was good enough. So the, the defensive excuses are really drying up, especially because Derek Carr's defense has even stepped up in the second half of the season where the playoffs still could have been salvaged, even despite the Dude, bad start. We just beat the Chargers a month ago. I mean. Right. And then went, two teams went in completely different directions since then. Yep. Absolutely. They won, what, three in a row, something like that, three or four in a row, you know, four out of the last five, whatever it is. Yeah, and, and it, it's true. And, you know, the Raiders went behind the Chargers. You know, this division is pretty – I think we see how this – It's the thing is, you know, the Raiders, they, they somehow still have some faint chances of getting in. It's not going to happen. It's, it's just yeah. the odds – you know, in fact, it's not even in our control. I think if the Jets or Dolphins even win a single game, that's the end of it. And we have to beat the Chiefs and the Niners, too, to have any chance. That's so, not going to happen. We've already proven that, that we can't do that. And even if we do play up to these next two teams, it, it's we're not going to find a way to win. I'm sorry. If you can't score in the second half of football games, you ain't beating the Niners, and you ain't definitely ain't beating the freaking Chiefs. We're not going to win those games. I don't think anyone in Raider Nation is actually entertaining that. um, Leandro may be out there still. (laughs) He's probably out there still, you know. Just open, open. He's rubbing his rabbit, rubbing the rabbit's foot. Give me a, yeah, it ain't happening, man. He's probably trying to calculate where they're going to be for the first wild card weekend and trying to arrange for airfare already, but whatever. But the rest of us, don't think that's going to happen. And so I think it's fair to start talking off season a little bit. We still have a couple games to get through. We're going to cover those games. We're not bailing on the 22 no. Raiders yet, but 
I, I think it is fair to start looking at the offseason, Raspy, and we start with, you kind of alluded to it a little bit in the first segment, but Josh McDaniels had some very interesting comments about Derek Carr after the game, saying in short, and don't, I'm just paraphrasing here, this is not a quote, you know, quote unquote or anything like that, but he basically said that in order to win in the cold or in the the cold weather part of the schedule, the back half of the schedule, you have to be able to throw the ball better than what we have. He said that right out front. And then the interesting thing too is Raspi, he came out during one of these press conferences after the game, I think it was on Monday, something I had not heard about, and that's this injury clause with Derek Carr's contract. And for the – for the few that may not have heard this, Raspy, just real quick, apparently there's a clause, there's an accelerator in Derek Carr's contract to where if he suffers an injury, and I, I guess somebody from the NFL, you know, Players Association or somebody would have to explain and break down what an injury, what that means, you know, exactly. But if he gets injured in, in one of these last two games, depending on what the nature of this injury would be, it could accelerate Derek Carr's contract where he's automatically guaranteed. It's even worse than I thought, Raspi. At first I heard he, he it would accelerate next year's salary right away and we would be locked in and guarantee, that salary would be guaranteed for 2023. I actually heard today after digging a little bit more that it's even worse than that that there's some people that have looked at his contract and said that it actually would activate two years. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. I saw that if, if he, so from my understanding and on on a layman's, you know, complete layman's terms, you know, bringing it at you from the, the blue collar, you know, middle of the road type dude, that if he suffers an injury, it locks in not only next year, but the following year. So, and it also will guarantee him like an extra 33 point something million, you know, tying those two years, as opposed to us sitting him and him not suffering, suffering an injury and could allow us to free up that 33 plus, you know, that we talked about for the next year or two, along with the 111 million still hanging there and only costs us a dead cap hit of like 5.6 million if he stays healthy and we just choose to move on wow never heard of it and and i don't know what the injuries i would need more clarification like if he goes out and pulls a hammy and it just things serious could play but just isn't you know just decides to you know just not he's not able to go for the rest of that game like I don't know what a concussion like I don't know what constitutes an injury you know don't even give him the opportunity just bench him we're not making the playoffs so you might as well let Stidham go out there and just get some run and see what you have out of your backup guy I mean there's no point man it's just like the Broncos just the Broncos just fired Nathaniel Hackett their head coach we already I mean, all the talk and just any 
NFL fan knew that, hey, they're going to fire him when the season's done. They're probably just waiting for the season to end and then they'll fire him. Well, after a 51-14 to 14 shellacking by the skeleton crew of the Rams, who also beat us two weeks ago with that same skeleton crew, well, they just absolutely mollywopped the donkeys. So what they did is they said, hey, if we're already going to just get rid of this guy, you might as well get the ball rolling now and just dump him. So I look at it that we should look at it the same exact way. If we are going to move on, there is no point in running him out there with everything that is at risk as far as this contract's concerned. Sit him down. Let's sit him play the next two games. And you could even – Say, hey, it's nothing against you, D.C. It's just the fact is, as we're pretty much out of the playoff hunt already, so we're not going to put you in a situation. And maybe maybe you still have a little trade value. I don't know. Either you cut him, you trade him, whatever. But if he's a quarterback next year, I'm going to have a really, really hard time stomaching that. Well, I mean, the thing about it is, is that this is going to be a real test for Josh McDaniels because once that came to light in that press conference, I believe it was, was it Hondo or Vinny Bossignor? One of those two just flat out asked Josh McDaniels on the spot, you know, does that mean that you would consider benching Derek Carr the last two games to pre to preserve your options with him at the end of the season? Um, to paraphrase again, it was, wasn't exactly that, but that, that was the gist of it. And Josh McDaniels did not say no. He said that that was something that they were going to – he didn't say yes either, but – He said he'll do the best for the team. He said that he was going to talk about it and they were going to – For the organization. What was going to be best. So it's like – I we know enough about coaches to where when a coach is asked that kind of thing, if they had no intentions of, of moving on, they would have shut it down right then and there. there was, he would have looked at yep. Boston Yor like he had a third eye and would, he would have said, what are you talking about? If he really was – sold on Derek Carr for the future, that, that wouldn't even have been a discussion. And Nation Hard is completely right on this one, man. And I think you guys know it too. You shut those murmurs down before they even get a chance to get started, if that's how you truly feel. If you truly feel that Carr is the guy you're going into next season with, you shut those down and you just don't even give them an option to run with it, write an article, do any kind of expose on it, you shut it down. He did not do that. He might have just answered a question half-heartedly, you know, with the PC response. Well, and he knows how it's going to play in the locker room and how it's going to play with Derek Carr, too. And he's still True. True. those words. And this injury thing is even more dangerous than I think a lot of fans may think because here's the thing, okay? Derek Carr has already has already been on the injury report this season with the back injury. And I'm not saying, I think Derek Carr is a high character guy. I think he's a high, high caliber human being. And I'm not saying he would do something like this, but he already has an excuse in the books to where if he goes out there and takes a hit with this inconsistent pass protection the last couple of weeks, how do we know all of a sudden, ooh, my back, ooh, that, that flared up that back. Yep, that back need that money that money's locked in now that back that was hurting me you remember that back injury i had a few weeks ago yep that injured that re-aggravated really it so that's i'm in trouble got us that could happen raspy i mean i don't think Derek yeah. Carr would do something like that 
But the fact that he already has a back injury that he's not listed, he hasn't been listed the last two or three weeks with the with the back, but the fact that it was there, and I've dealt with back problems. So many of, of our listeners have probably dealt with back problems, and they can come and go. There is an excuse that he has lurking, you know, lurking around, cycling through the system that he could play if they run him out there and he gets hit. He The back, all of a sudden, oh, here we go. Nation, just like Hart's referring to right now, if you were to tell me, hey, man, you stand to lose $33 million. Minimum. If you, if you don't get hurt, you might go out there and say the same thing. And, and that's not me calling anybody out on the same way. That's a lot of money, man. Hell, man, I on Monday, I literally was going over to the in-laws for – uh, uh, late Christmas because the in-laws had some other stuff going on and we had our family and stuff. Dude, I fell on my ass in front of the Safeway going to the grocery store. I mean, it could happen anywhere. So it's like, and and it, and I, it, it hurts. It sucks. I fell on my ass. I was embarrassed as hell. I wanted to sue Safeway for everything they had, but I just was embarrassed. I wanted to get the hell out of there. But it, I had $33 million on the brain and uh Took a took a hefty hit. I might say, "Oh yeah, my back all of a sudden is really starting to aggravate me." Not like Hart said. Not saying Carr would do that, but I wouldn't take the risk. You'd be like homie from uh, Friday back in the day, right? Yeah, my, my neck, my back, my neck, and my back. Yeah, <laughs> settle right now for a couple forties. We can't take that risk because the couple no. forty. Their car made the 40, 40 mil tracks. Yeah. Paychecks. So they can't do that. Um, it, a lot of spotlight, a lot of pressure is going to be on Josh McDaniels because where do you stand? I just don't see any. There's There's been no evidence that this thing has meshed well between he and Derek Carr. They're going to have options in the draft. The Raiders are sitting ninth right now, I believe, in the in the draft order with two very losable games coming up on the schedule, you would have to think that they have a chance to move back or move up, however, which way you, you like to look at it. In the draft, they could end up sixth or seventh or something like that. They could move up and make a move at quarterback. One of these other quarterbacks, a Will uh, Levis, um, Anthony Richardson, there, there's guys that, that could fall. And here's the other thing, too, Raspy, with this quarterback decision. And this is, again, coming from a former Derek Carr supporter. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to say I don't support Derek Carr as a person, but I no longer want him to be the quarterback after this season, I don't think, in silver and black. Or at least I, I want the Raiders to do everything in their power to try to make something work there, make a, a clean break there and go in a different direction. But, you know, look at the AFC, Raspy. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's going to be maybe not what they thought he was going to be. He may not be Peyton Manning with, with wheels like some people thought, but he looks like he may be a lot closer to the real deal than what he was looking last year or at the first, you know, half of this season. You know, that's just another Joe Burrow is definitely the real deal. You look at the AFC – Tua has been up and down, but they look like they're on the doorstep of the playoffs. And then you look at our own division. We, we won't even let alone Josh Allen and, and, and guys like that. Look at this. Look at our own division. Mahomes, 
seven straight. He hasn't won seven straight AFC West, but the Chiefs are going to win or have won seven straight AFC West now. Mahomes has been a part of leading the last five of those. Right. So he's been a huge part of those. And now what do we have? We have Monday, the other shoe that we've been dreading and waiting for and hoping would never drop in the AFC West and praying that would never drop to the football gods. We were praying this wouldn't happen. Finally dropped on Monday night. Justin Herbert crossed over that threshold from he's never made the playoffs. Well, we can't say that anymore. This, this division is starting to shape up exactly like what Raider fans, and I'm sure Donkey fans would, would say amongst themselves too, this is what we feared. Those two quarterbacks, the two aliens in this division have risen to the top. The two other teams that don't have those caliber of quarterbacks are not going to make the playoffs. Raspy, I mean, we're starting to see some of the things that we've been dreading. You know, if the Raiders weren't able to make it work with their car, he wasn't able to ex- elevate, I guess is the word I'm looking for. He wasn't able to elevate his play Herbert and Mahomes are in the playoffs. Dangerous, Russell Wilson and Derek Carr are not. Isn't this exactly what we feared? And doesn't this just give even more urgency to the Raiders? We have to we have to go in a different direction. I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, and at this point, dude, what would a rookie court how much different would a rookie quarterback look? We just with lost the ability with the ability to you know, at least move around. And that's another thing that we haven't even touched on yet, Nation. Carr's ability to to read and to process and that kind of stuff, nine years in, to still see the lack of ability to process. Yes, we're not – dude, Mahomes. Hart and I have had this conversation numerous times. Mahomes is not the best processing quarterback. He is not – Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. But the thing is, he doesn't have to be because his legs allow him to save and build time to have next thing you know, oh, let's find the next guy with a red jersey on to hit between the numbers because he can run around and save that type of time and create something. So you can either process fast and stand in the pocket or you have to be a guy that can run around and create. And car has just shown to be neither one of those guys on a consistent basis. So we all know he's not going to run around and create. So we trusted him to process. Well, his processing has been trash because the completion percentage tells you that. The touchdowns tell you that. The interceptions tell you that. The wins and losses tell you that. So we could continue to beat a dead horse or just realize that Carr is not the best at processing. So if that's not going to be your repertoire, then you need to figure out how to do it with your feet, which I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. I mean, you have too too big, too large of a sample size to know that that's not going to change from one year to the next. He's never going to use his legs. And you look at this thing and it's like he has been insistent on just being a stationary pure pocket passer, which is fine. You can – most of the greatest quarterbacks, Montana, uh, Brady, Brady, Young, well, actually, Steve Young would that he's had that very dynamic legs, but you know these types of guys, Peyton Manning, right? There, you can absolutely win that way and win multiple Drew Brees. You can win multiple rings that way, but you can't have a fifty-five percent completion percentage. You can't have no. red zone when you when you have that. 
And you talk about his lack of willingness to use his legs. So processing or not, take this game on Christmas Eve with these frigid temperatures, the negative wind chill, all these different things. If he had just been able to use his legs more and pick up more first downs in that second half, that would have been enough, even with all the other struggles, throwing. If he just was able to use his legs alone, that may have been enough to win that game. But he he's insistent on staying in the pocket and 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 doing those things, and when he does leave the pocket, he never he very rarely leaves the pocket with the intention of making a play. He he exits no, stage right. When he, when he uh, exits stage right, exactly. When he leaves the pocket, he's throwing the ball out of bounds. We all know that. We see it. He's, he's Justin Fields, man, is not, you know the greatest at processing, but he can leave the pocket and figure out ways to do it. A lot of that is just, it's backyard football, man. I mean, it's like, Hey, I'm going to run around. You get off of your route. If you're running a go route and you know, I'm getting pressure. You look back and you see that I'm running for my life. Well, start working your way back to me and I'm going to find you. And that's where Mahomes, that's where Mahomes and Kelsey, Kelsey is not some genetic freak. He's not Darren Waller. He's just a really smart tight end, really smart football player who puts himself in the right situations. And I'm not saying he's not athletic. I'm not taking anything away from him, but he's not some freak show when it comes to athletic ability. He's just a really smart football player and was able to match up with another really smart football player who doesn't necessarily process the greatest, but realizes that he can use his legs to maneuver himself around the pocket and break stride. And next thing you know is, Receivers are breaking off of their routes, and you end up creating backyard football. Those are the biggest touchdowns. We all know that. Think about back when you were a little kid playing backyard football, man. Oh, I'm going to run a slant route. Well, next thing you know, you turn that slant into a go, and you're getting hit for the big tutty. I mean, that's it's really kind of like that when you think about it. I mean, it's improv, man. And the guys that can improv are the guys – you know, that could succeed due to their lack of being able to process, man. I mean, it's just, it's as simple as that. And with Carr, with his lack of dynamic ability outside of passing and his lack of improv, or he doesn't have any of that, just make something happen on the fly, things break down, and he just instinctively knows how to make a play. He, he just lacks all of that in such 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 a to such a large degree that he actually puts more pressure on his play caller. He I said this with Gruden too, and that's when I was still on board with Carbid. He puts more pressure on his play caller. The plays have to work perfectly. They have to be drawn up perfectly. They have to be called at the right time. They have to catch the defense in the wrong scheme at the right time. Like it all has to, the receiver, the the number one receiver on that play the number one option has to get open right as it was drawn up just perfectly or else it doesn't happen if anything goes wrong the play is dead 99% of the time and with the rest of the AFC again with these dynamic quarterbacks that that are making plays Josh Allen doesn't process like Joe Montana or Peyton Manning either but he runs around and make plays and I'm not saying that the next Raider quarterback just has to be somebody that's running around throwing the ball all over the yard but it we this isn't working. That's that's all I know. I don't know what the future holds, but I know that this has been nine years 
there's no evidence we're ever going to win an AFC West with this guy with the, with the way that this division is shaped up right now, Rasp. Dude, if he would have, like, given us one, one AFC West championship, man, we might have a different conversation. But it's it hasn't happened, and I'm sorry it won't. Not with the dynamic guys we have in this, in our own division, let alone, you know what I mean? Obviously, we're talking about just winning the division. We're not going to win a division with these guys with Derek Carr. It's just not going to happen. So people can argue with me and tell me I'm wrong. I mean, you're, you're, it's your own right to have your own, you know, mindset or opinion on things. I'm just telling you. It's very far-fetched to think that we're going to win an AFC West, you know, division title with what we have to go up against every single year. Well, the burden of proof is on everybody else, is on the people that still believe in Derek Carr at this point, right? Because you have nine years of evidence where he's been yep. here nine years and we haven't won a single one. Yep. So if you're if you're if somebody's trying to argue with with you over something like you can't prove a negative. You know what I'm saying? Like we have two playoff appearances in nine years with this guy, 2016. I think we were seven and two in one possession games. So it was a fluke. It was a mirage, man. We found a way to have the balls bounce our way and to make certain plays happen that got us into the playoffs. And then, and then last year had to win four straight just to scrape our way into the playoffs. So, and then again, your defense plays well against a Joe Burrow offense who straight up slaughtered Kansas City the following week and went to the Super Bowl or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, so, yeah, <laughs> they're flukish. Our, our two playoff appearances were fluky at best. I don't even want to argue about it. I mean, it is what it is. And if you – if you're looking at how it's trending to, you know, is it just this year? Is it just he's not meshing with McDaniels? Well, if you go back the last two years, he has 46 touchdown passes and um, and 45 turnovers, picks and fumbles lost. So this is this is something that's that's it's not just about this year. We were, you know, we made the playoffs in spite of him down the stretch last year. I hate to say it, but he was not the catalyst for that. It really it's does. Tough to make an argu- it's tough to make an argument, man, as to why he should stay around, man. I get it. It is and tough. I'm not, saying, I'm not even on some I told anybody so. It's not even that. I'm just tired, man. I just want to win or at least be competitive. And at this rate, man, you start breaking down the numbers, we're not going to be competitive. Like I said I before, we were, we were like – we were just bound – to be stuck in a state of limbo with this guy where you're not good enough to win, but you're not lousy enough to be at the bottom. Hell man, if we're not going to win, I'd rather be at the damn bottom so we can try to go get as much talent as we can. But getting, being stuck in limbo is like the worst place to be. And I don't want to be there anymore. Tired of it, man. It is the worst place to be, and you know, and we didn't even factor in the salary that he would command next year if they were to yeah. keep limiting your ability to to improve the defense or other areas of the of the 
of the team. And yeah, and and you just said, man, we're not going to win the AFC West with him with Herbert and Mahomes standing in the way. So then if we do make the playoffs ever again with him, we're looking at we have to go on the road and we already know yep. about his cold weather capability. Yep. So and that's the worst, man. If it doesn't go through warm weather, it's going to be an issue. And we're not going to do that as long as guys in L.A. and, I mean, Kansas City, I mean, L.A.'s one thing, but Kansas City is not going to be falling off in any shape or form. You know why? Because they have the best quarterback in the league. Cincinnati, so that's not changing. Are the Bengals and, and Bills going to fall off a cliff anytime? Right. Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. No. So you got three three cold weather cities that you'll have to go through unless you can go find a way to run the table and put yourself at the top, which let's be honest, guys. We're just trying to scrape playoff appearances, let alone, you know, first round buys. I mean, it's 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 laughable. It's laughable. And it sucks. I hate it. Believe me, I'm, 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 not, I'm not happy about this. This stuff pisses me off. That's why I'm just so ready. We have to do – there's a certain time that you just have to get to where it's like, man, we got to move on. It didn't work. We tried. We invested. We tried to bring, you know, a lot of weaponry. We tried to do everything we could do to try to be there for car. He's not it, bro. I never said he's a bad dude. I never questioned his work I ne- work ethic. I never questioned his will to win or the fact that he really was trying his hardest to win. He's not that dude, bro. Just like his brother wasn't. I'm sorry. He's better than his brother, but he's not that dude. It's not going to happen. We're not going to win a bowl with Carr. So the people that are continuing to try to hang on to that pipe dream, man, I, I just I hope for your guys' sake you let go because it's not going to happen it's not it's been a long time coming i've supported this guy all these you better years. reincarnate ray lewis and them boys well even <laughs> it ain't happening yeah it ain't and you know i'm not looking forward to the the quarterback change and and all the uncertainty that no, that sucks if there comes a point in time where the uncertainty is there you know regardless so i we can either go out there and be uncomfortable and try to do better and win, or we can be, continue to be comfortable with what we've known and continue to do the same thing and hope for some miracle or something because no evidence why it would be any different next year or the year after. So never going to have a year where he's going to get better performances around him from his skill position weaponry either. So in short, guys, it looks like – there's a much higher chance that this could be it with Derek Carr this season. We're going to get into more of this as the, you know, as the season concludes, we're going to have some more concrete answers as to what happens. We may get a clue this week to see if, if Derek Carr starts or not. That could even give us something of a, of a clue, even though I don't know that that would be definitive, even if either way there, but Something that we're going to look forward to, and we're going to get into possible replacements. That's I felt like that was sort of outside the scope of this episode. You know, who does Raspy like as potential replacements in the draft, free agency trades? Who does Raider Hart like in those same um, cir- circumstances, situations? You know, we're going to get into all that as we conclude this season. But we had to break this down 
this week as far as Derek Carr because the rumors are so they're just looming so large over this team right now. And some of it's not rumor. I mean, when you ask the head coach and he doesn't exactly deny it, that kind of takes it beyond the realm of just mere rumors. Something is going on with the Raiders and Derek Carr at the moment. And it feels like it may be the right time to make the move. Raspy, do you have any last words on this? No, man. Just like I said, again, nation, not trying to be the, a wet blanket by any means, man. But I think there's a good chunk of you guys that know exactly where I'm coming from. I don't speak for her. This is just for me. Um, Nation, we want to win, man. I want Super Bowls, man. I want to contend. I don't want to be a team that if everything falls into place, we might get a playoff berth. That's just not who I want to be. So, a lot of work to be done. I mean, as much as this sucks, it may be something good when it all boils down to it. But Nation, as always, man, nothing but love. Not trying to trash anybody or anybody's feelings. It just sucks, man. Here we are again in another situation to where it feels like we kind of just drop the ball, man. You know, no pun intended, but just dropping the ball when it comes down to it and when it when clutch time comes, it shouldn't have to be you have to win four out of your last five games or four out of your last four just to even have a chance. We were in position to put things away earlier and put ourselves in a position to be able to kind of run away with at least a wild card. But no, we put ourselves in a situation where we're just on the outside looking in. And I hate being in the hunt. I'm tired of looking up and seeing the Raiders in the hunt. I want to own a damn division and see the silver and black clear-cut favorites to go do something positive. So, sorry, guys. It's been a rough season, but we're going to keep it coming at you, man. And just, like I said, can't thank y'all enough for just, you know, supporting us and following us, you know, in the uh, in the future. So, we'll keep bringing it, man. Appreciate y'all keep listening. Y'all be good. I'm going to let Hart take us out here. But, again, nothing but love to all y'all out there in Raider Nation. And uh, there's a lot coming up, man. We're going to be talking. So we still got a few more weeks to figure out what in the heck is going to transpire. But in the meantime, you know where to get it, man. You know, keep your notifications on and keep keep listening to that silver and black hat, man, because we're going to be keep – we're going to keep bringing it at you, man. Love y'all. Peace. Yeah, guys, um, we don't know what's going to happen with Derek Carr. We don't know what the future holds. But one thing I do know is we're all going to find out here together. And when we do find out, we will be breaking down the, the situation from every angle possible and, and uh, making sure that you guys uh, have all the information that you need to, to understand and digest and formulate your own opinions on, on whatever decision that the Raiders make, whatever direction that they go next. Um, keep keep your notifications on, like you said, because Ask Raspy is coming up later this week. You don't want to miss uh, Captain and Plank from the Steelers game. It's a little bit later but because of the holiday weekend, but that's also going to be coming, a shortened version of that. Can't have any captains this week, obviously, but uh, well, you want to make sure to, to look out for that. And we are going to get you ready for the 49ers coming up on New Year's. I believe it's on New Year's Day. Uh, very tough matchup for the Raiders coming up. You have to wonder where their psyche is at on top of that. Niners have a lot to play for. The Raiders may not have anything to play for by the time 
of kickoff, depending on what happens elsewhere with other teams, they could be eliminated by then officially. So either way, we'll be here to break it down. And as we go into the future here, as we start looking more and more into the future, we will get into the draft stuff. We will get, like I said, we will get into the quarterback situation a lot more uh, and, and everything like that. So Tough week, guys. Tough season. As disappointing a season as I can remember in my time as a Raider fan that spans decades. So that, that, that says a lot. And I think a lot of you probably feel something very close to that as well. But we all have each other as Raider fans. We're going to lift each other up. That's pretty much what we've done, what we've known over the last 20 years. And we're going to continue to do that. And, uh, you know, we're not going anywhere, to, to, to put it lightly. So... For my co-host, Mr. Raspy Raider, this is your host, Raider Hart, leaving you for now. Uh, hoping for better days in the not-so-distant future for the Raiders. Better days where they just win, baby.